Welcome everyone to MICTA Radio. I'm your host, John Tanner, and today we are going to talk about 5G technology. As some of you may have heard about 5G, which is fifth generation of cellular networks, and it's bringing new capabilities and new opportunities for people, businesses, and society. Today, we are talking about this with a company that's going to help us sort all of this out. The company is Innovate 5G, and we're talking with its co-founder and CEO, Chris Stark, via Zoom. And he's going to help us understand what this new generation of network capability can do for us. So, uh, Chris, let's begin with you, Chris Stark. You are the CEO and co-founder of Innovate 5G. Can you tell us a little bit about the company and what services you provide? Sure, thank you, and uh, thank you for the introduction. Uh, Innovate 5G, we, we created Innovate 5G as a company to try and bridge the gap, the knowledge gap for industries and enterprise um, with 5G. And, and part of this is that uh, we, we bring applications and solutions to people for their own uh, needs, and we are capable of building and integrating uh, networks that would allow people to get defined outcomes. So by that, we can work with an entity, a hospital, a school, or whatever, look at exactly what it is they need to uh, achieve, design it, help them, help them look at how to implement it, and then go ahead and implement and, and bring it up and get it running. Okay. Well, Chris, before we get too far into it, can you help us and uh, talk a little bit about 5G? How did 5G come about and why should we be interested in what it does for networks? So 5G is the evolution, uh, is the next evolution of wireless networks. And uh, we've had 2G, we've had 3G and 4G networks. And in each case, the evolution added capabilities and opportunities to the network. So if you look at 4G, 4G was really the start of mobile commerce, for instance. Basically, if you look at uh, how you use 4G these days, whether it's for Uber or for mobile uh, video apps or whatever, mobile gaming or whatever, that, that's sort of what 4G created in terms of an industry. Very much consumer-focused, but very much uh, a big step forward from, from prior network generations. So 5G basically takes everything to the next level. So it has over high, 10 times higher download peak speeds, which means that instead of hundreds of megabits that you can get, you can get gigabits download speed out of four, a 5G. It reduces the latency by 100 times. And that means the, the time it takes for a signal to get from your mobile handset to, to the core uh, and to the cloud. It's, it's essentially, it used to be in 4G, we used to talk about it in terms of 100 milliseconds or more. In 5G, it's less than a millisecond. The other thing is that in a, in a defined area, 5G allows you to support over a thousand more connections in that area. So in 4G, in, a, in an area of a square mile, you could, you could basically support so many connections. In 5G, now you get a 1,000 times more than that. 
The other things that 5G also did is it improved the reliability of the connection and it improved the security. And that's a big one, especially in, in consideration of what's going on today. 5G, the security was always a big part of the fundamental work that was done on the standard. So just basically, it's bigger, faster, stronger, more secure, and can support a large number of devices in a given area. This is a big boost, Chris, a big, a big increase in speed and, and uh, potential. But this, okay, so this is what I understand now. 5G is going to bring a lot of new potential for uh, robust connectivity to our networks, such as we've never seen before. But to uh, better understand this, we need to know what is a private wireless network and why is it different from a public wireless network? Can you explain that to us? Sure. So, so let's start with the public wireless networks. These are built and operated by the likes of Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, and others. And they're there to serve consumers. So they're, there, they're designed to give coverage and connectivity to their consumers. Each of those three, by the way, have over 100 million subscribers. So they're a huge part of their business. But those networks are all built so that you can, they can get coverage and they can bring some of those attributes I just mentioned on 5G to their consumers. So if you use a public network, you'll get way better performance than you would on 4G. And I think you've seen that on some of the, uh, on some of the press and so on. You'll get way better performance, way better uh, latency and so on. Um, but you're going to actually get whatever they deliver. And as, as a consumer on a, on a Verizon or an AT&T uh, network, on a public network, you basically get, get directed wherever they see fit. So they, they direct you onto those networks depending on the congestion and the state of the networks. So although you may be on 5G at one moment, you may be on 4G at another point. So basically you move based on their needs rather than your needs. A private wireless network is different. It's built to your specifications. So it isn't built for consumers and then you get to use it. It's built for you. It'll deliver coverage capacity where you need it. In other words, you, you can define where you want to get the coverage and how much speed you want to get where you, where you actually need it. Um, it'll be delivered and tailored to the outcome that you want. So if you want to have a lot of sensors or a lot, or you want to have critical communication push to talk, or you want to have video or whatever, it'll be designed to allow that to happen where you want it to happen. So it's an important distinction is that private wireless networks when you go down that path, you're getting what you need. You're not getting what you can get and, what, and, and just make do with it. You actually have a chance to define what you need and, and get it delivered. Okay. What is CBRS and why is that significant for us? So, so let's, let's hit the, the fundamentals first. CBRS is just a spectrum band. It's what's called shared spectrum and lightly licensed. 
the thing to think about it is it's a band that's capable of supporting both 4G and 5G networks. So it's a band that you would see an AT&T or Verizon T-Mobile or whatever use. It's, it's very much like that. So the other piece about it is that uh, it was a major initiative by the FCC and the Department of Commerce because they wanted to create an innovation band that allowed people to go start creating solutions in a private setting, whether it was, as I say, whether it was a school, a hospital, or whatever. They wanted, they wanted to use this band to try and stimulate innovation in, in the wireless industry. And it was, it's an important thing to understand that this band actually sits just below uh, the C band. And the C band was auctioned for over $80 billion. So it's not like they just found, uh, the, you know, a piece of spectrum lying around that no one really wanted and lobbed it out there. This is actually a piece of spectrum that's in, a, that's in an area that's got a lot of value. They took a big leap in, in making it open for people. And essentially what they've done is they've allowed you to get access to that spectrum without spending the billions of dollars. You can go get access to a large portion of it really for nothing. Um, the other thing about it is the, what, what we also did, and this was industry plus the FCC, is we looked at this band and said, look, if we're going to make it an innovation band, we need to take away all of the hurdles that industry and enterprise would find if they wanted to deploy a network. So, you know, all the business of, well, are there going to be devices there? Are there going to be radios there? Is there going to be a, a support ecosystem? Is there going to be installers and so on? So what happened is that we created something called the CBRS Alliance, which is now called the Ongo Alliance. And the whole idea, and I, I was one of the founders of that alliance, um, but the whole idea of that was to say, look, the, there's a big bet here from the government on opening up a really valuable piece of spectrum for everybody to go use. Let's make sure that all of the other pieces that people would need to be able to use it are put in place. And there are every device that you could imagine is available to go and work in that band. There's radios from loads of manufacturers, just about everybody you could think of that will work in that band. There's, there's an unbelievable amount of service um, companies and, and so on that, that's available to support the band. Um, so that whole ecosystem is there ready and waiting to make sure that the spectrum just isn't sitting there. It actually can get used and can be used really cost effectively. Well, you know, I think, Chris, you may have already touched upon this a little bit, but help me understand it even more. What would you use a private wireless network for? And, and why not use just use Wi-Fi? So, so let's, the first thing to just break down is the, if you think about a wireless network, that um, a 4G, 5G network, when you go out, you connect to the network um, and you connect automatically. And what happens is the network looks at you and it decides if you're a valid user, it authenticates you and then brings you onto the network. And when it does that, for most of us, what it does is it recognizes who you are and creates all of the services that you use in, um, ready for you. If you're going onto a Wi-Fi network, most Wi-Fi networks are just password protected. So 
you authenticate yourself. In other words, as long as you've got the password and you know the SSID, you're in. And of course, people can share SSIDs and so on. So there's the first piece about authentication and how do you bring users onto the network when it's a private net wireless network and when it's a Wi-Fi. The other big difference is this, is that private wireless networks, especially in something like CBRS, they're capable of creating a quality of service because once you get connected, the network recognizes who you are and they can actually assign a service level to you, which means if you're, if you're something that's really critical to use, it can make sure that you, your ability to connect and stay connected is a high priority. When you look at Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi is really a what they call a contention-based protocol, which means that when you go to use a Wi-Fi network, the first thing you, your device does is it does what's called listen before talk. It listens to make sure no one else is talking, and then when there isn't anyone else talking, it talks. So in, in Wi-Fi networks, it's really hard to create those, those level of services um, and in Wi-Fi networks, you authenticate while using a password and so on. So private wireless networks basically come with those attributes. The other things that they do is the, the security involved in it is baked into the design. So being able to spoof users or whatever is much, much more uh, controlled and harder in those sorts of networks because the network has a database of exactly who's allowed on. So... Think a bit like that. The Wi-Fi networks for sure have changed a ton of, of how we use wireless devices. But private wireless networks are about trying to take that to the next level. They're, they're about now saying, I've got security cameras that I want to make sure are recording 24-7. And I want to make sure that they're recording in 1080p so that the, the video quality is something I can really analyze and, and I'm not looking at a blurred picture. So when you look at things, you can start to create use cases like that. That's why private wireless networks become important because you get to define the outcome. You get to define how you want to deliver it and the level at which you want to deliver it in terms of do I want to deliver it 24-7 with the highest priority or do I want to just do something as a sort of irregular service or whatever, you can set all that up. And, uh, and that's what private wireless networks really do. I think the, the other thing I would say now is that there, there are private wireless networks that are 4G and the private wireless networks that will be 5G. When private wireless networks start to become 5G um, and they're 5G en masse, what you're going to find is that suddenly your whole experience gets so much better. I mean, and it'll be better all the time. So now I think most of us would, would potentially go and, and uh, switch to a Wi-Fi network if we were going to do some heavy tasks, if we're sitting somewhere where we know there's a good Wi-Fi signal. You won't have to do that with 5G because you'll get that performance and better out of the 5G network. So that's the sort of promise that we've got on private wireless networks, and especially when they go to 5G. The, the last thing I would tell you is this, is that 
private wireless networks, uh, especially in things like CBRS band, are capable of delivering a fairly robust experience over a large area. So it's, it's not uncommon to see private wireless networks in CBRS have cell site radiuses of several miles. So a lot bigger footprint can be created than Wi-Fi. I think it's also too important to understand that you don't just need line of sight now on these networks. You don't just need to be sitting somewhere where you can actually see the cell tower. The cell tower uses things called multipath to be able to hit the end user. So you get better coverage, you get further coverage. And so those are the sort of dimensions that are opened up and why it's a good piece of capability that you can add to, to your enterprise, your school, your hospital, you name it. Uh, great, Chris. As we wrap up here, uh, can we get back to security a little bit? We hear a lot about security and ransom attacks. How can uh, 5G protect our networks from this kind of sabotage? So I mentioned at the start of the conversation, uh, 5G in particular has, has done a lot to uh, improve and, and make its security layer more robust. And uh, without a doubt, the security delivered over 5G is another step up. I think, though, the one thing I would say about this is that when you look at how some of these attacks uh, are sort of propagated and so on, um, it's this is about how you design your network and how you specify your network. I think it's one of those things that you've got to take account of. If you're going to have a private network, um, and you're going to have a private network that delivers whatever capability. When you go to look at how you're going to deliver or how you're going to design that private network, security and how you secure it needs to be a really big part of it. Um, the 5G itself will help substantially secure all of the wireless part of your network, but you really do have to take account of everything that's beyond that. Um, and I just think it's, a, it's been, you know, with the number of stories in the press at the moment about some of the attacks um, that have happened, I think it's a, a big deal. And you need to make sure that you essentially have the right sort of security for the right for your situation. Now, I mean, I, I'd argue that, you know, you you don't need to make yourself like Fort Knox or whatever for every particular application, but you do need to look at, at the data that you've got and how secure or how vulnerable it's going to be and make sure that you handle it correctly. And I think the, you know, that comes back to that when we talk about private wireless networks, that's one of the things that you can create as part of your overall private wireless networks. You can decide what you want to do and, and where you want security to be and implement it and, and see that in action. So, you know, I, I think this is, a, this is another big piece of why it's well worth looking at private wireless networks in terms of creating some of the, the, the outcomes that, that people are looking at at the moment. Well, thank you, Chris Stark, for being with us today. And 
We want our MICTA radio listeners to know that we will be covering more topics around the use of 5G networks and in greater detail with Innovate 5G. So stay tuned for more programs. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in today. We hope you find this information helpful as you continue to keep updating yourself on current technology trends and issues. And be sure to come back again for more Victor Radio episodes. Bye for now.